try in our passage we, we see a, about a choice that God makes and a choice that someone else makes. There is a passage that maybe raises as many questions as answers. It's clear there are many, many individuals who are sick, who are suffering, who have all sorts of things in their life that might not be in the condition that they would want to be. It tells us that at this place near the sheep gate, around the pool, there are a number of blind and lame and paralyzed people. A number, quite a number. And what we hear of is one getting healed. And that raises questions, perhaps. Why one? And we don't know. Jesus is there. He has ability to heal. And what's maybe more so is that at the time of this passage, the man that does get healed doesn't know who Jesus is. He gets asked that later on by the authorities. He says, I don't know who the man is. He later finds out. And he doesn't actually, at the time of the healing, seem to have much faith. If he doesn't know who Jesus is, he's not really going to be trusting in Jesus. But yet, he is healed. And I guess that gives us the conundrum of life. Bad things happening to good people. And where is God in that? But yet, this man, when he is told to, he takes up his mat and he walks away. He is obedient to the instruction. And maybe that is a little bit unusual. Maybe it's a little bit trusting. Or maybe there's something in that encounter that although he doesn't know who Jesus is, there's just something that he knows that he has to respond didn't know anything else about what has happened. But yet, he acts when called to. Jesus has said to the man, do you want to be well? And of course, we don't know with what tone of voice that question is asked. Is it a do you want to be well? You know, I'm offering you the chance to be well. Or is it an accusation 
that's kind of there in the phrasing. Do you want to be well? You've been here 38 years. Do you want to be well? We just... Now... The paralysed man lost the use of limbs so long ago that it might be surprising to us that he is still alive. That he is, 38 years later, still at the side of the pool. That he's still living with that disability. Life expectancy was probably closer to 40 Though, of course, some people did live into their 70s and even into their 80s. That was very unusual. 40 to 50 would have been more common. And so, here he is. Someone that would probably, for the culture, perhaps younger than me. We don't know how old he was when he was paralysed be there and considered old and beyond much of life and probably had known not much different. What's missing in the passages we read it is the chunk that's in, uh, I think it's in our footnotes here, yeah, it is in the footnotes in this Bible about how there was an understanding that an angel would occasionally come and stir up the waters and whoever was first into the water would be healed. And that was an understanding held not just by those of uh, Jewish faith but um, many others um, of pagan understandings too because this is actually just kind of outside of the temple and many people could come and gather uh, and use that place but it was a place that many would come through it's close proximity to the gate, the sheep gate um, where livestock was brought through, sacrificial Sheep were brought in to go to the temple. So it's perhaps a, a nice place to be, to be a beggar. Not just the water, but a place where you could make a living begging. It had a good footfall, as we might say, of shops nowadays. So maybe being there was a good earner. Maybe healing was not at the top of his agenda. He claims that the water's being stirred. He's unable to get into the healing pool before others. But would that not lead him to try and be closer to the pool all the time? Away from the sheltering uh, porticos around the outside. The arches that would provide shade in the hot sunny day. But then again, maybe it's the fact that he is separate that allows Jesus to initiate a conversation. And that is perhaps the most important point in the passage. 
It is Jesus who initiates the conversation. Because that's what God does. He's the one that begins it, that gives the invitation throughout all of time. It is the Lord who offers healing rather than the paralyzed man asking for it. That is the wholeness that comes from God. It's always been humanity made in God's image with that free will that has to decide what they will choose. We might have made that decision before, and hence why I said that choosing to follow Jesus wasn't really one of the choices I was giving you to think about tonight. A fortnight ago, yeah, a fortnight ago, we uh, we related to this idea of choices that we make in the Garden of Eden and the eating of the forbidden fruit. It was humanity's decision to give into temptation. But it's God's decision to continue to love. And he provided a means to confess and move forward. And that's what we see again and again throughout the Old Testament. God showing love by choosing to save Noah and family. Choosing to call Moses from within the burning bush. Choosing to feed the grumbling people in the wilderness. Choosing to give them the law to live by. Choosing to take them into the promised land through the Jordan. Choosing to let kings be anointed instead of judges. Even though he said, no, you don't really want kings. Kings have a load of rubbish. God still allows the people to have kings. He said, if you've got to have a king, let it be somebody that I pick. And then when kings turn out to be a load of rubbish, he sends prophets to try and get people to choose to do the right thing. And when they still don't do the right thing, it's God that watches over the exiles. It's God that allows them to return home. Time and time again, it is God who offers the helping hand to the people who need to be made well, who need to be restored. It is him who offers hope. And Jesus, the Son of God, comes among us as the ultimate gift of the Father's love. God restarts the dialogue with humanity, saying, what will you choose? What will you choose? Jesus comes to us and asks, what is it you want? What do you want? 
Do you want to be made well? Being made well, being made right, being made whole, does not necessarily mean receiving healing from a sickness. It doesn't necessarily mean that everything's got to be hunky-dory afterwards. But it does mean that life has changed. And how we move forward from that point has to be different. For the paralyzed man, life has changed. Not simply in that he can now get up, pick up his mat, and walk. Life has changed because his source of income for 38 years is now gone. He was a beggar. He no longer has grounds for begging. He can't say I'm paralyzed anymore because he's not. He has to start a new life, a complete new life. People will question him. The authorities will question him because it was the Sabbath. Not this is necessarily the fact that it was the Sabbath that he was healed, but it was the Sabbath that he was carrying a mat. And of course, you're not supposed to do your work. They fail to see God acting. They fail to think of that. And there'll be some that wonder whether this man who's not used his legs for 38 years has been pulling their leg for 38 years and whether he's been a fraud all that time. But Jesus has made him well. Jesus has made him well. The life is not fully sorted. And when we commit ourselves to follow Christ, that's not our all the comings and goings properly sorted. We still have decisions to make. Sometimes we make good ones and sometimes we make bad ones. At the time that the man later discovers who Jesus is, he recognizes him in the temple. Jesus says to him, stop sinning. Suggests that there was something else going on in this man's life too that we're not fully aware of. Something that's been happening there. And perhaps that's a challenge for us. Are we the people who know Jesus, who've chosen to follow Jesus, who maybe have been restored? Is there still something in our lives that we need to change, that we need to be challenged on? that we need to be forgiven of.
none of us are perfect. But what Jesus does is make us whole. He takes that sin. He washes it away. He gives us new life. He forgives. So let's spend a couple of minutes thinking in quiet about our lives and the decisions that we've made in the past, right and wrong, rejoicing over what God has done and also thinking about whether there's decisions to make in the future about who we are and how Jesus who forgives sins has made himself known and gives us new life.